no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Essentials. On today's show, we recap the Week 13 matchup against the Packers and much, much more. A-Dub, Aaron got us again, bro. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> been talking about owning the Bears. He didn't talk that crap like that heading into this game. But, you know, he felt confident going into it. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things, man. I'm going to enjoy not seeing him in a Packers uniform next season. The Packers fans, I know y'all was all giddy in the DMs. I, I was waiting for y'all little trolls to come up. I love it. Bring it on. <laughs> I love that. You ain't going to make me lose no sleep. I Listen, I sleep very well over here. I'm fine. A-Dub and I, we got Justin Fields as our quarterback over here. I can't wait for the next five years of this division because we about to take this shit back as Ryan Post told y'all. Don't worry. We in good hands around here. We going to be good. Justin Fields is coming. Y'all better watch out over there. With Deion Sanders, when he had his press conference, when he accepted that job with Colorado, and he kept telling his players in his opening statements, I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah, Packers Nation, the Bears, we coming. Don't worry, we coming. <laughs> Don't worry. Our very own A-Dub on our media side of things covered our first championship game. He covered the Michigan versus Purdue Big Ten Championship game. Ada, first of all, congratulations on that, man. And secondly, how was that experience, bro? And appreciate the um, the words of encouragement there, Perez. Thank you very much. Man, it was just dope being down there, you know, at the Lucas Oil Stadium. It's an awesome stadium. The fans there were going crazy for Michigan. The fans were going crazy for Purdue. The band was exciting on both sides. And then the game was just awesome in that first half until Michigan did their thing in that second half. But overall, man, fantastic experience. The fans there, they were great. It was a good atmosphere. Man, I was proud of the work, man. I saw you out there. I was like, look at my boy A-Dub out there. Boy, he was clean, all this. He was clean, bro. <laughs> that clean cut. I was like, I see him over there. <laughs> hey, man, I, I couldn't look in your kind of way, man. I had to represent us, man. Yes, sir. I see you. Hey, you did it well. And I'm glad you uh you got out there for that experience, A-Dub. And that's one of the things that with black media, we don't get a lot of exposure to events like that. So it's humbling and, and to me that we were credentialed for that. But we deserve to be at places like that, and that should be the norm. You know what I'm saying? We shouldn't be just happy to be in the room. We should be expected to be in these rooms, A-Dub. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. And I got a salute to the big team. Right, Press, you and I should be at these type of events, and I appreciate having the opportunity to go. This is just the beginning. We need to open these barriers up for all. Women, minorities, people of color, these rooms and these media rooms. They should look the way that they do. But anyway, I'm about to get into this package recap, y'all. So again, as A-Dub and I talked about, Aaron Rodgers did it again. Now, A-Dub, I talked about on the preview show that I was not one of these Bears fans that was openly wishing that we lose this game. Because listen, it's the Packers. It's Packers, but you got to have pride. I agree. But losing that game 
That draft position is pretty solidified, though. It's solidified. I wasn't rooting for the loss, but the loss happened. I was kind of like, well, what can Ryan Pulse do with that number two draft pick, potentially? And you never know what direction Ryan Pulse want to go with that pick. So you're feeling pretty good as a Bears fan about that type of situation that the Bears could be in potentially related to that second draft pick. And listen, we're going to have a lot of uh, opinions for you guys on that in the offseason because, you, as you guys know, A-Dub and I, we do a lot of scouting of these college prospects during the year. You know, we'll be down there for all the various bowl games. So, trust me, we're going to have you guys covered all things NFL draft when that time comes. But I'm really excited for what Ryan Poles has done with stockpiling this team with draft. It's a crazy amount, A-Dub, did cap money on the books for this season. It looks ugly. But once we get through that, <laughs> get the <to> next season, <laughs> right? It, it, it'll be better. It'll be better. Right now, <laughs> ooh, that shit. The books look ugly. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be Ryan Poles dealing with all that stuff. No, nah, but you know what? I'm sure you know he's. I mean, to be honest, AW, he's got through the worst of it. Now this is just all clerical stuff, you know. So he's he's done the work. That well, I would say he's done the preliminary work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the real work for him is gonna come this off season, but. Again, audience, as I told you guys on previous shows, he ain't going to be able to do it all in one offseason. But I feel like this offseason right here is going to be the Ryan Pole show to see what he could do, see what type of supporting cast he could build around Justin Fields. Justin has already shown you that he's that guy. He's him. But now you got to put him around some real talent. He should not be throwing to three and fours out there. And I, audience, I know a lot of y'all was mad that he threw that pick Look at the break the Equinemius St. Brown took on that ball. He never came back to him. That was an easy pick for Jair. It was an easy pick. And to your point, Perez, I thought St. Brown should have finished the route. You got to come in. And even still, if you can't get the ball, you got to ensure that the opponent doesn't get it either. And I thought that St. Brown kind of gave up on it. You Listen, man, you got to turn it to a defensive back. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't do that there. But my, my greater point of that is I don't want to just pick on EQ because he had a nice – you know, deep route there. But at the end of the day, Justin Fields shouldn't be resorted to having options like that. Yeah. We got to get him clear-cut number ones on this team. The guy's too talented to be throwing to guys that are three and fours. And, that, and that's just the bottom line, the way I see it. Yeah, that's I mean, a you, big point. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers over there right now. All season, everybody was like, okay, they lost Devontae. Which one of these rookie receivers is going to step up? Well, Christian Watson is letting you know. Christian Watson is letting you know, I got this shit. This motherfucker, man, two more touchdowns in the game on Sunday. And when <laughs> I tell him in the preview part, I was like, bro, he's coming. You and I talked about this, his development. And we have seen this guy week after week get better and better. And I will even say some of his progress may have got stalled because of Andrew Rodgers not being there. We talked about that as well. But to see this kid now transition to now being a threat at the wideout position, I mean, it just shows that, hey, this guy was committed. He was a good pick for, for them. And now it's like, okay, what's next for him? Because he got two touchdowns against the Bears. It's like, man, this guy is really showing that he's the truth. And it's the way he got those touchdowns as well. And that's what you look at too. This guy can take playing physical. He can do his thing. So for him, good for him. I think the Bears need a guy somewhat like that, Perez, who can potentially be a number one option that you were alluding to. We talk about having these third and fourth options type wide receivers. The Bears need something like that who can be a potential number one wide receiver. So you said Chase Claypool in the number one? I don't know yet, man. I, I don't know. 
Yeah. And I thought I thought he would, would be pressed, but the thing is, you got to see it really. Because I do like some of the routes that Chase Pool runs. I get that, but I know he's a deep ball guy, you know what I'm saying? But that number one guy can do so much more, as you know, Perez. He can do every damn thing, you know? Right. And it's a different style that you get from those number one type wide receivers that tells you, you know what? Like a Jefferson, you can't stop this guy. In, in. Well, like you said, I mean, you shit, you went straight for Jefferson. I'm like, damn, okay, dub. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's levels to this thing now. Relax exactly. <laughs> exactly. Nothing gets Chase Fool, man. I just don't see Jefferson them yet, bro. That's all. Hell no. I don't, I don't know if I ever would. You know, but... <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I would love it if it were the case, but I, I don't think that's going to come. But I will say this. With Claypool, he's got the intangibles. He's got the ability. We see flashes of it. To be honest with you, A-Dub, it's just a lot of unknowns with our offense. A lot of yeah. unknowns outside of Justin. But you're the point about talking about what polls need to do. He need to make sure he put the right people around Justin Fields. Even that mean, you know, bolstering up the wide receiver group. I mean, whatever you got to do. Of course, we know the offensive line needs to. That has to happen regardless. But you make a good point, man. You got to give Justin Fields the weapons. He needs them. Because when you look at this ball game against the Packers, we let the entire game into that fourth quarter game. And I'm not going to lie to you, A-Dub. Being there at that game, sitting there, I knew what was coming. I hate that feeling. I'm just sitting there knowing, <laughs> yeah, Rodgers going to probably do some shit. Something's going to happen Green Bay's favor. And what happened? That fourth quarter, Green Bay took over. But the sad part is this, Perez, and I got to get the feeling from you because you were at the game. You're up 16-3, to right? What the hell is going through your mind at that point? And then you get to the fourth quarter. What the hell done changed? <laughs> well, so for me, I feel like we were playing not to lose, and I think that's what cost us the game. Ooh. I thought that we got a little conservative, and I also thought that Luke Getty, Again, all this, y'all gonna be like, man, Prince, uh -oh. get off of him. <laughs> well, come on, man. Like, some of them play calls. I was like, what's he doing, bro? Cairo Santos missing kicks. Oh. And he up. All right, man. Some of the listeners, they came for you, man. They feel like you might have jinxed them. My boy Aaron. <laughs> Aaron was like, hey, A-Dub brought that shit up earlier in the season. We ain't forgot it. <laughs> man, he's right, man. Oh. <laughs> But listen, I, I told Aaron, I say it's all a good, it's all a good fun. I was like, A Dub was just, he was just talking. He was just, you know, saying so he just threw something out there in the universe sometimes. So that shit sticks, right? <laughs> it definitely stuck. <laughs> but Packers fans, so this is a, a public service announcement to y'all. Yes, I'm talking to y'all because I know y'all listen to the show. Y'all love this show. Just, just admit it. Y'all love President Dub, don't y'all? Uh -huh. <laughs> but check this out. Y'all barely beat a bad Bears team. Listen, A-Dub and I have never sat on this show and said this team was going to be a good football team this season. I didn't think we are going to be three win bad. I thought maybe six or seven win bad. Right, right. You know what I mean? But, hey, Whew, it's been bad. Y'all can't be sitting over here with that type of uh, – they. I'm talking about A-Dub, bro. They has all kinds of, like, smoke in the DMs. I'm like, y'all beat a three-win team. Y'all ain't that better than us. Just because y'all got some playoff hopes still alive? Cool. Good. Enjoy it. I love to see y'all go back to the playoffs and go nowhere again. <laughs> That's basically it. Get there and get bounced right on out the playoffs just that quickly as you walked in. Yeah, so, like, what's the point? So Right. 
Y'all, y'all just delaying the heartbreak. Shit, at least I, at least, <laughs> at least I know my daddy ain't never coming home. Shit, y'all sitting over here with fucking false hopes. At least I was not being prolonged. You're right. Get it out the way. We know what we're dealing with. Yeah, you know, they up for a big disappointment. Listen, man, that bed they been ripped off over here. We shit, we we already know what it is. But right, I I guess for me, A Dub, looking at this game, I was happy the number one came back. I was excited to see him come back, man. When he ripped off that fifty five yard run, I'm sitting up here like, boy, Justin is back. Justin is him. But a part of me, A Dub, was kind of like, oh, I don't trust this offensive line. I hope they don't do weird ass play calls with Justin. They didn't put Justin in harm's way, which I was happy about. A Dub, what'd you think there? I thought you were right. After the 50-yard, 50 50-plus-yard 50 touchdown, after that, you saw Justin Fields spend a lot of time in the pocket, moving a little bit in the pocket, of course, but throwing the football, or they're running with Montgomery. So I thought, Getsy, which I know you've been on him pretty hard, he did, <laughs> <laughs> he did do a good job at keeping Justin Fields out of harm's way, Fred. I understand some of those plays were a little conservative, but what's most important that you and I talked about is Justin Fields, but that's where I give Getsy a little more credit at because he did. You can tell the play calling that hey, we're running the ball, how we're throwing the football, how quick we got Justin Fields releasing the football. It's like, hey, we don't want to have Justin Fields take too much punishment. And you didn't see a lot of design runs for Justin Fields. No, there were a few, but uh there weren't those ones that I was really getting pissed off about running him into the meat of the defense. If Justin right. did run, it was decisive, but it was out in space, which was good. Right. And Justin slid, he got down. So not taking um, not taking unnecessary punishment. Yep. And that's what you wanted, Press. You talked a lot about that part. So I thought Luke Getsy heard you when you mentioned it. <laughs> I hope so. I got more for him later in the show. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Defensively, A-Dub. We couldn't do no way A.J. Dillon. I don't know what happened to Aaron Jones. I was, like, looking up. I'm like... Why you see 33 out there on the field? We saw a lot of AJ Dillon. And boy, he was a battering ram out there. We couldn't stop him. That was tough to see, A-Dub. But the other thing for our audience for just thinking about here in this game. The Green Bay Packers controlled that clock. Ooh. You and I talked about one of our keys of this game was us doing that to the Packers. They did that shit to us. They had some long drives. And they, kept Aaron, and they kept Justin Fields, A-Dub, on that bench. They sure did, Prez. If you look at that second quarter, that last Packers drive, you're like, it's like they had the ball forever. You're like, yeah. man, they get still the hell the off ball. the field. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, get the hell off the field, man. Get off the field. And all I can see is that clock still going, still going. And you know what, A-Dub, to that point, I'm just sick of the Bears being a 45-minute ball club. When are we going to play a full game? Now, the Bears have been in a lot of these ball games, but it's always that but. <laughs> and, and this game against the Packers was the fourth quarter. It's always something. It's always something that's holding us back from finishing these ball games, man. And Justin Fields, hey, he had the ball in his hands with a chance to lead this team to victory. And I want to get your thoughts on this because there's a lot of people that are saying, well, if you look at Justin Fields' numbers, it's great for fantasy football, but it's not leading to wins. What say you, A-Dub? Back up all with Justin Fields on that note. I will say this. When it came down to late in the game, the Bears did have a chance. You think he didn't want that play back, that that interception they threw, targeting St. Brown, that Alexander pretty much intercepted? 
Of course you want that back. But at the end of the day, this wasn't about fantasy. My boy Justin Fields really was trying to win that game. Yeah, and like I said, it's not about the fantasy football aspect of things, but people are just saying that he's – and this is just what people outside of our fan base are saying. Not our fan base. Our fan base, we know better. Right. There's people outside the fan base that are making these ridiculous comments saying, hey, he's just a running back. Oh, he's just great for fantasy football stats. But when it comes down to football and winning football games and throwing the ball, he don't get the job done. And so the reason why I asked that question of you is because when I looked at the film on it, I'm like, look what this guy has to do with. I'm not making excuses yeah. for Justin, but Equinemius ran a bad route. Right. Point blank. Jair Alexander talked about it to the media. He said he knew what Equinemius was going to do. Equinemius is a former Packer. Jair Alexander practiced against this guy. He said he knew based on the way that the guy came out of his route what he was going to do. We need receivers on this team that can switch it up, that you don't know what's coming. That's the difference. There's levels to it, as we mentioned earlier. And you're spot on when you say that, Perez. There are levels to this, man, for sure. But you talk about Justin Fields and being a fantasy. I'm going to go back on one part here, Perez. He threw a bomb to St. Brown. Yes, he did. He threw a bomb to Nikhil Harry as well. Ooh, talk that talk, ain't that? Why don't Nikhil Harry play more? Why don't he play more? And Prez, you and I have been talking about Nikhil Harry getting more opportunities. And he to not see him, he, he should. should. Absolutely. And don't look at Luke Getsy and Ibrafu's like, hey, play the guy more. You already missing Money Moon that Prez and I already talked about. You got to play other guys on your team. We can't always continue to see St. Brown. Bottom line, <laughs> I wanna, that's it. Bottom line, we want to see Nikhil Harry. We want to see more Claypool, et cetera. But you got to look love, at the fact. They, they, they love St. Brown, man. They love St. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do St. Brown know about the Bears that we don't know? <laughs> I mean, he's a good run blocker. He's decent, but it's like, man, come on, bro. I want to see the kill here. Is that grab that he made, bro? Yeah. Oh, man. Bro, I damn lost my voice, eh, Doug? Damn, oh, lost my voice. I, man, I was excited, Prince. I, it's just good for him to be in those kind of moments, Nikhil Harry. And the thing is, I want to see the guy continue, well, to thrive, but the only way to get to be able to do so is to be on that field showing us what you're capable of doing. And I just hope that going forward that Lou Getty and Eberfuss can give him more opportunities, Perez. Let the guy get some reps in there, man. Let him play. And I want to see if he can continue to contribute like that in big moments. We got nothing to lose. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have anything to lose at all, Perez. Yeah, so so you saw what happened. After that pick from Justin, what happened next? The Packers get the ball back, and that's when we see Christian Watson come around that reverse. And I'm talking about what speed fucking kills. My God. He was gone, bro. He was gone, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So they gave it to him. First of all, it's a good design play. It caught the bed slipping. Oh, yeah. He got it. You were like, oh, ain't no way you're going to catch him now. When he made that turn, Prince, you already knew he was taking that to the house, and he did. Well, A-Dub, it was smart play calling because they kept running Watson in motion multiple times. They never gave him the ball. Right. So it was kind of lulling the Bears to sleep. And then they finally give it to him. We weren't ready. Wasn't ready, ready at all. And looking at Jalen Jones, you're like, hell no, we weren't ready because Jalen Jones was called off guard. He wasn't particularly defending you know, or covering. Uh, Watson, but when Watson came across, he didn't have a good look as to what was going on, so he got lost. So he couldn't even help out at all because he was so out of it. And when it happened, it was like, oh, man, this is when you know the Bears really slipped on this play here because people are all confused on what the hell just happened. I will say, though, A-Dub, 
But all the guys that have been out, Brister, Gordon, Bojack, I was proud of that young secondary, man. It was some names on that team that I was like, oh, I forgot about that person was on the practice squad. Or I forgot they just signed this person. Bro, them guys stepped up, man. They held Aaron Rodgers, bro, to just 10 points through three quarters. I was impressed, man. And, and trust me, I don't throw that word out a lot <laughs> about right. the defense. But I really was impressed by the way those guys played. Those young guys, Jones, they played well. Now, I know he didn't do well on that play in the fourth quarter. Right. I thought he held his own, bro, for a lot of parts of that game. Blackwell, hey, it was some guys out there they was making some plays. But I, I was impressed with them for those couple quarters. I understand he made a, a pass interference. So people can talk about that as well right. on Watson. But to me, bro, all he had to do was turn around. He was clean. He just he missed that clean. one move. Yeah he, yeah, he just needed to turn around. That's something with young corners. They got to learn. They got to remember to do that. Because if you don't, they're going to call that shit on you all day. Right, right. So overall, bro, to what you're saying, Press. He did. Those first three quarters, I got no issue with him. He played well. And to be honest, this is the first time that we can look at the offense and say they let the defense down because, I mean, look at it, man. The offense could score more in the field goal than that second half. So that's interesting because that's the first time in about five weeks that I could say something like that because the offense has been putting points up like crazy. They have been. And this is where you and I really talk a lot about Justin Fields and what he can do in the run game. You get only 19 points. So to, to that point, uh, Justin Fields only ran six times, 71 yards. Most of that came on that 55-yard run that I had mentioned. Right. But Justin was really good in the pocket, 20 or 25. Now I'm not getting on some stats on this, but the reason <laughs> why I'm bringing that up to you is because he was efficient with that ball. He was. You know, and you think about that. Five incompletions, two or more picks. I mean, right. Justin was surgical out there, no? He was, Perez. He was. If he could see putting himself in a good position, but you're right. He passed the ball very well outside of those two picks. Think about this, A-Dub. He showed his true potential, man, behind a good offensive line because I thought the Bears' offensive line in that game against the Packers looked the best of his look in a very long time. Yep. And Justin had clean pockets to throw from at times. They did a really good job of keeping him protected. And he showed you what he could do when he's not under duress. And that's what you see from Justin Fields of what he can do in the pocket when you have protection. A lot of the time this year, a lot of those passing plays this season, we saw Justin Fields under pressure a lot. St. Brown, Nikhil Heavy with those big, deep catches. But that can happen a lot often if you can get Justin Fields protection. And that's what you can be excited for as a Bears fan is that, hey, once this guy get protection consistently, you will see more of those type of plays. Spot on. And even with those picks that he threw, I thought the biggest thing that I enjoyed from watching him out there, how poised he looked in the pocket, a dub. I mean, I talked about how surgical he was, bro. He was accurate. You can say nothing. And that was one thing people always talked about. Oh, man, Justin, he don't hit people in stride. He don't hit his receivers in stride. Well, if you got 300-pound linemen bearing down on you, you try to fucking throw and hit a receiver <laughs> in stride. Shut y'all dumbasses up with that shit. <laughs> exactly, friend. It's hard to do when you got big guys running at you, hitting you, knocking you down, you all banged up. That's a tough task, man. But to yeah. your point, Perez, when he got that time to do his thing, he done it well. And you hit a great point when you see how poised he was. In this game, Justin Fields was extremely poised. You can saw mm -hmm. when he's walking to the huddle, walking out the huddle, he was so under control. He commanded the offense. 
telling guys what to be, giving them the look and everything else. And I'm like, you know what? This is the next level of Justin Fields right here, the next evolution of him, because now he's learning, he's getting it. And I will say in this game here, even if he was trying to be careful, he proved to me that, hey, he can throw the football if asked to throw it and he got protection. And you know what, Ada? Moving into the point I want to make about Lou Getz. Now, I know he deserves time on this. Y'all already been saying, hey, Chris, <laughs> give the man time to develop. Okay, I get it. <laughs> However, he's leaned on that running game a lot this season. We know that. And it's a very powerful yeah. running game. But when you had Justin on fire from the pocket the way you did, there was no reason why Lou Getsy got so conservative in the second half of that ball game. He took his foot off the gas. And that is what I was referencing earlier, bro. By him doing that, it cost the Bears points in that second half. It allowed the Packers to take the lead, a dub. And honestly, the Packers stole a game from us. They didn't deserve to win that game. They no. took that game from us because Luke Getty took his foot off the gas. Hey, you supposed to be all gas, no breaks around here, Luke. Yeah, Luke did take his feet off the gas. Why not continue to take some deep shots down the field? Why not do those things? It looks like St. Brown, Nikhil Harry, even Claypool, these guys were somewhat getting open downfield. But yet you settle for these lateral passes, you know, to a Claypool, and that's not doing you any justice. It's like, let's keep your feet in the gas. Let's not try to take these small steps to a victory. You got to go for it. You got to earn it. And if you're going to play that conservative, think about there's a backlash to that. And the backlash is, hey, you go three and out, whatever. You don't continue moving the chain. The other team get the football, and they make something happen. From that perspective, it came back to bite the Bears. And you got to look at Luke and say, hey, come on, man. When you got the Packers down or whoever you got down, continue, continue to go at them. I mentioned on last week's episode that Justin Fields' development is all due to Luke Getze and the work that Luke Getze has done with him. Audience, I do recognize that. And I also want to make sure that you guys realize that I recognize that Luke Getze deserves a little grace because while I was a little upset that we took our foot off the gas, the offense still had over 400 yards in that game against the Packers. I just feel like that was a winnable game that we let slip through our grasp. But I will say this. I'm going to have some patience with Getze. It's only year one. I can <laughs> only imagine what next year will look like when Ryan Poles does some of his work. He has no choice but to improve from here, Perez, because I think the team is probably going to be a lot better, at least from an offensive standpoint. I mean, how low can you really get from this season here, Perez? We, we already taste the bottom already, right? So you only can go up. So I think Ryan Poles is going to do a good job at surrounding fields with at least some respectable uh, weapons. And if you got some respectable weapons, it's up to Luke Getze to figure out how to make it run. You already know what Justin Fields can do very well. You know what he's also working towards and building up on or improving his opportunities on. So now you got a very a good idea of what kind of quarterback you have. So therefore, you should be having these same problems that you're having. We talked about the offensive line and how they did not allow a sack on Justin Fields. You and I talked on a preview pod about Alex Leatherwood and Woody start. We see that he didn't start. Riley Reef got the start. However, we saw that Alex Leatherwood and Reef were rotated back and forth at that right tackle spot. Now I will tell you, when I saw Leatherwood out there on the field. I thought he looked pretty damn impressive. It got me thinking that, hey, you know what, Press? I want to see more of him. Give him some opportunities to see what he's able to do. Give him some more of those reps and see if he can continue to back up what he already did in this game here against the Packers. If he can show signs of improvement like that, Perez, I do hope Eberflus, you know, and, and Cole can continue to let this kid play. Well, Justin Fields' two biggest passing plays in that game 
Justin Fields' two biggest pass plays was when Leatherwood was on the field, bro. So just just put that in your pipe and smoke it on. <laughs> Salute to Leatherwood. Keep going, bro. The thing here with him, we all know that he's a project. Yep. We know with the Raiders, things didn't work out the way that they were supposed to work out for him. Former first-round pick out of battle. We already know his pedigree and his, and his resume. However, bro, it's an A-dust point. The kid deserves an opportunity, and he deserves to start the last four games of this season. I mean, you hit it on the head earlier, Press. What do we got to lose here? Sure. Now we, we get a chance to see what off, other offensive linemen we have on the team that can do something. And if Leatherwood can show that, hey, he can be one of those guys for the Bears, then, hey, you're doing yourself a justice here, doing yourself good justice by doing so and finding out. That's just more homework, more film for the Bears to look at and say, hey, now we know what we're dealing with here with this type of guy. I mean, look at what we've stumbled upon by putting Tevin Jenkins at right guard out of, out of necessity. We stumbled right. into gold. The guys had a fucking phenomenal season, in my opinion, right? Now, right. potentially, if we start Leatherwood at right tackle, and he shows some promise. Now you got a promising right side of your offensive line with Leatherwood and Jenkins. Out of the rim, because if Leatherwood can't turn to something great, you found somebody. And that, all that can do is bolster what we're looking for to protect Justin Fields. So I just want to see him start those last four games. This is nothing against Reef or Borum, but they right. haven't really impressed me that much. Give this kid a shot. You know what I mean? Like, like we said earlier, man, the Bears got nothing to lose. This should be all about seeing what you have on this roster. Any young guys, play them. Those young guys in the secondary, play them. Let's see what we yeah. got. It's about, obviously, Blackwell and Jalen Jones, how they were targeted often in the game and how they stood up to the challenge. DeAndre Houston Carson, I talk about him so much on this show. I love what he brings to the table. And you think about this. Once again, this guy shows us that when they put a challenge in front of him, that he's going to step up and get things done. DeAndre Houston Carson played a phenomenal game, in my opinion. Houston Carson is a pro, Perez. No matter how much time he's out there, no matter how many reps he's gotten out there, he has shown up. And if you have a guy you can rely on like that, Perez, that's a plus. And for me, seeing how he played against the pack. So Houston Carson, keep doing what you're doing, man. I was happy to see you out there doing your thing. Now, we know that the Packers offense got some big plays on them. But what do we always say on this show, audience? We tell you guys, the secondary is only as good as the pass rush. And we know this yes. Bears pass rush is holding this defense back. Big time. Because with little pressure from that front seven, the secondary can only hold out for so long. Everybody knows that. Outside of Jalen Johnson, a lot of guys in the secondary, when they're healthy, they're probably not going to be on the field. So this is the thing. You have an inexperienced secondary that was going up against Aaron Rodgers. I thought they played very well, considering the circumstances. They did play well. When you give Aaron Rodgers that kind of a time for his to throw the football, he's eventually going to make something happen. And that secondary can only hold up for so long, bro. So I was disappointed in that defensive line. I'm like, you got to be better than this here. And the one guy you don't want to give, the one guy you don't want to let be that comfortable in the backfield is Aaron Rodgers. When that guy got the, got the ball in his hands, you know he's able to carve you up. You can't give him that kind of opportunity. And we know that he was playing hurt. He didn't look very accurate back there. So the fact that we didn't even get a quarterback hit on this guy to make him more comfortable, if they could have gotten some type of pressure on him, man, it could have swung the, the game in our direction. Because like I said, Aaron Rodgers wasn't, hey, he ain't play his best game. Not at all. You got to make him pay. 
put a few hits on him, make him feel you out there, and he may, maybe he'll make a big mistake, throw an interception or something. But when he's that comfortable, it becomes a practice game. And you don't want a guy like Aaron Rodgers have a practice game. And as we mentioned, though, there were some things, though, that I saw Aaron Rodgers do that I hope that Justin Fields, when he was on the sideline observing, that he kind of looks at it and sees like, hey, you know what? There's a couple little things that I could take away from this type of performance. And what we saw from Aaron Rodgers is that ability to close out games. Yes. That's something that Justin Fields will be able to gradually improve upon as he, you know, gets, you know, a good supporting cast around him, gets more experience in the league. But that's the area right there when Aaron Rodgers has that ball in those type of situations. Hey, his teammates believe. Shit, the opposing teams will sit over here like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly, Prince, because you saw a difference in the Packers' offense after Santos' field goal was blocked. When Aaron yeah. Rodgers took the field, they came hungry, bro. Yeah. I'm like, but that all started with Aaron Rodgers, right? That kind of presence. Now I think if Justin Fields can command that going forward as well as what you're alluding to, man, that's a plus, bro, because now we're going to have so much confidence in the offense, but also in you as the quarterback. There's only a few type of quarterbacks in the league like this. I mean, shit, we saw what happened with on Monday Night Football with Brady coming yeah. back from, against the Saints. Everybody was on Twitter mocking him with his personal life and this and that and all this other bullshit. And what Brady do? What he do? He keeps showing y'all. All quarterbacks aren't created equal. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> and I just can't wait till we have that on our side, a double. We can look at our quarterback, and when he gets that ball in his head, we just like y'all, y'all, y'all done. <laughs> it's, it's over for y'all, motherfuckers. <laughs> and when you got a quarterback like that who's not afraid of the moment, who thrives in those kind of moments, that's the big difference, man, between winning and losing a football game. And but Justin Fields gets to that point to where he's at that level of closing out games. Watch out, this Bears team gonna look a, a lot different than how it looks now. They just listen. The NFL better not. They listen. They better hope that Ryan Poles don't get his man a supporting cash. Look at what he doing without one right now. Still making things happen. Ooh, y'all better hope <laughs> it's gonna be a wrap for the NFL. I'm not just talking shit on this show. I'm telling y'all the hundred percent truth. Look at what Jalen Hurst is doing with Philly. Right. That's who I'm looking at right now. I'm like, Shh, man, Justin better than Jalen. I know people don't want to hear that because they like prayers. Look at their record. I understand. But I'm trying to tell you, I think Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has a really good defense on that team and great weapons there on that offense. He sure does. And that's the difference between winning a lot of football games, Prez. When you have the team, the supporting cast, and you put your quarterback in a great situation, you can have a record like that. And we know this season – Hasn't been the type of year for Justin Fields with his supporting cast. But once he get there, bro, once it happens, I can see this Bears team looking somewhat similar to like the Philadelphia Eagles. I know the Bears, we are who we are right now. The Eagles are going on and doing what they're doing. But I'm looking ahead to the future a little bit. And I feel like the future here in Chicago is going to be promising. I know a lot of people sit up here like, oh, that's wishful thinking. We've heard it all before. We've said these type of things before. But it's a new day. Enjoy that shit. It's coming. Exactly. It is coming, Perez. And one thing I want to say, I know you and I hate talking about more victories and things mm -hmm. of nature. And I said it before, the Bears have been in a, in a lot of these games. If they close out a lot of these games the right way, 
that record could look totally different. You got to play complete games. We can't keep having these tail of two halves. We can't keep having these games where the first half we come out gang busters in the second half we forget who we are. Yes. Yeah. Your football, look, your football team has to have an identity. People need to know when they come into Soldier Field, then you're going to punch them in the mouth for 60 minutes. And a lot of times these teams know, hey, the Bears ain't going to fold at some point in this ball game. This <laughs> and you know what? That's the difference right there, Perez. You hit it right on the head. Just wait. They're going to find a way to lose the game. And that's been the tale of this Bears season, finding ways to lose games. Yeah, man, I'm just – I'm over it, bro. <laughs> I'm fucking over it. I mean, now we got special teams that's fucking up, you know? <laughs> defense, but I've been getting on the defense all goddamn you now. Special teams. What's going on with special teams? Can we not have anything nice? Hey, man, that's tough, friends. The gopher talking for a little bit about the offense to say, okay, the offense is solid with Justin Fields. To talking about the defense to now special teams. It's like, man, we're going in circles now, bro. Now we're hitting all the faces of the football team. And that's tough right there. When you got special team issues, I thought that was the one place we wouldn't have issues at. But now we having those. And like I said earlier, Santos missed two kicks. Now, one of them blocked, whatever you want to call it. But I still say he missed it. But then you miss an extra. Right. But then you out here missing extra points, bro. <laughs> Santos got to be better than that, man. You can't be missing these pats. You got to make those, man. And when you don't make them like you're supposed to, this actually put a lot of pressure on your offense and defense. Just make the easy plays, man, in my opinion. And you put the Bears in a better situation than they have they were in before. And I think that was part of the game. Audience, I know what y'all thinking. Y'all probably saying, well, Press, A-Dub, it wasn't all bad on special teams. Yeah, Fellas Jones was good on kickoff returns. He didn't muff any punts. So y'all right. <laughs> but Cairo Santos was the guy on this team that was Mr. Dependable, Mr. Automatic. Yes. Hasn't been feeling so automatic lately. Give him the benefit of the doubt. But, man, keep my eye on you, Cairo. Cairo, I'm sorry. I jinxed you earlier, as Fred talked about. <laughs> man, don't not have these same issues these next few games, bro. I'm just saying, no more of these issues, man. We don't need these kind of problems at all. I don't know. It's just tough. Just fucking tough. Now, yeah. culture-wise, now, I already gave you Getty, so. Now, how you feel about Iberflus now? He 0-2 against the Packers. I'm not feeling too good losing to the Packers the way the Bears lost. Because you look up, you think about Iberflus being defensive-minded, and you see the defense taking, in a way, some steps back for us. I'm going to call it what it is. And I look at Iberflus and say, hey, man, what value are you bringing to that aspect of the game? And seeing this team continue to lose games, like that, and you talk a lot about your history principle that Perez and I have been talking about, that we appreciate, but not seeing it at all times. And to see this team make mental mistakes, having those type of problems, that's when it becomes concerning to fans and people who are actually watching the game. So those things from even food standpoint, you got to clean that part of it up because you can't come out and give us any kind of these BS answers in the presser about how you feel about the team and what you saw. Because to us, it don't look the same way. He's 0-2 against the Packers. And again, the team had a really good shot, though, of beating the Packers. But I'm tired of talking about these woulda, coulda, shoulda. Fuck right. all that. You know what I'm saying? Like you said earlier, we don't care about more victories over here. It's all about wins and losses. Yeah, and that's a game you circle on your calendar, bro, at all times. It's Chicago, man. It's one team you play against, you circle on your calendar automatically. It's against the Packers. 
I don't care what your record is. You can be three and ten. You can be one and fifteen. Look, at this point, you play against the Packers. You know what that means. Bring your A game, and your Bears team got to bring their A game going against the Packers. All this, we gonna switch gears here. We gonna give out some game balls. A Dub, who's getting your game ball offense, my guy? Game ball on offense, Perez. I'm gonna go ahead and give it to my boy Montgomery. I like the Ooh, way he played. Thirty-two. 32 is out there hustling, baby, hustling. Mr. Hardcore Runner there, man. He runs hard, press. He made the most of his opportunities. And uh, with that, I got to give it to him, man, because when he was able to run the football effectively, it was a game changer, man. And I like what, what I saw from Montgomery coming out that backfield. Shit, Eddie got into the end zone. Yep. <laughs> so he's been doing his part, press, doing his part. And what did I say to the audience previously? I said David Montgomery had his best game of the season against the Packers in week two. And what did he do in the matchup against the Packers on Sunday? He had another good game. See, that's the thing. You got to rise to the moment. You got to rise to the occasion. And see, other people on this team have to follow that type of lead, have to follow that type of model. If you're on that football team and you see the way 32 is running that football and it don't give you a little extra juice, right. I'm just a fan. I was out there in the stands. We podcast. I got juice. I get juice A-Dub watching David Montgomery fight for extra yards. How had you as a teammate that's playing on the field? You should be influenced by that. Your play should be picked up by your running back doing that type of shit. And you know, the offensive line should be encouraged even more seeing that. And I hope those guys take those kind of moments to heart and very serious down the road. Well, I mean, that's offensive linemen. They live for those moments, man. Running the football offensive line, and they prefer to run block over pass block. So when you got a running back right there, man, he's making them look good. Yeah. Love that. And Montgomery's just one of those guys, man, who will show you better than he can tell you. Yes, sir. I'm giving my game ball to Justin Fields. I know all this. Y'all like, but Prez, he had two picks. <laughs> but listen, he returned back from injury. My man's tough as they come. Agreed. You know he's gutting it out for the team right now. Showing leadership, bro. Number one is showing y'all that he's got this franchise. He's going to put this franchise on his back. Now, as all the good stuff that we talk about for him running the football, for all the dumbass people out here to call him a running back, he showed y'all on Sunday, if you give him time to throw the ball, he is more of a quarterback than a lot of you people give him credit for. I agree. So, yeah, he had two picks in the ball game. But I'm sorry, the one on St. Brown, that was on St. Brown. Right. To me, those picks don't diminish what I thought was his best passing game by far. So, I'm not going to let people steal my joy. I'm giving my game ball to number one, <laughs> Justin Fields. Let's go. I like what you said there, friends. Don't let anyone steal your joy, man. Do Hell not. No. <laughs> Hell no. Uh -uh. Ain't going to let these haters. Listen, you Packers fans, I love y'all. Keep that shit talking coming. I, uh, I'm good. Right. So guess what? You're going to see me at AW at Lambeau Field next season when I just Fields jerseys on. And we all going to have Jordan Love. <laughs> 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 all right, on defense, give my game ball to my boy, Jack Sanborn. Okay. Once again, audience, they like, man, Prez always gives his game ball to Jack Sanborn. You're goddamn right I do. <laughs> Listen, A-Dub, another impressive game. Against the Packers, bro. Double-digit tackles out there. Tackle for a loss. He made a nice little play A-dub in coverage to prevent a Green Bay Packers touchdown. Like I, I said, sure bro. Did. Like I said, A-dub. 
this kid right here, undrafted free agent. We traded Roquan Smith from this team, and nobody talks about that. And it's because of Jack Sanborn. It's been impressive, Frizz. And I like the way this guy been playing football. I mean, he just make you love the way he play. You can argue you don't have the most talent of the world, but man, he is smart. He plays smart. He yep. know where to be at all times. And I tell you, boy, he know how to shoot through those gaps. And yes, I'm, I look at Jack, I'm like, man, Jack, keep doing that. That's what's going to keep you on the football field, man. But I was impressed with him. He showed up in big moments for his. And when he do something great, he keep the same demeanor. Nothing changes with him. He walks, okay, I did a good play. Next, move on to the next play. And he keep it going. So he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. I just like the way he plays. And he's not the most athletic guy out there, right? So when you look at a guy like Roquan, shit, Roquan, his athleticism, shit, it just jumped off the fucking film for you. Right. But when a guy like Sanborn, like you said, A-Dub, it's just knowing where to be. Instincts, smart, tough. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's just the intangibles, you know? So I just love what I see from this guy. DeAndre Houston Carson. Yes, sir. I went with him, Perez. You talked a lot about him earlier. But I, what I will say, man, he done very good in coverage. He was right where he needed to be. He made some solid plays out there. He held it down. So for me, I had no concerns with DeAndre Houston Carson out there. And I just want him to continue doing what he's doing, man. He has made me a believer over the years. And I was happy to see him out there do a good job for the Bears. Yes, sir. All right, who's your underperformer for week 13? I had to pick on Muhammad. Who? In the, who? <laughs> <laughs> he disappeared on us, man. And I thought he would be able to get more pressure. And you're not talking about the offensive line anyhow. We're applying pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I thought he would have been able to do a good job in this game against the Packers. Of understanding the circumstances, right? We know it's a big game here. You know the biggest thing in this world is to see a defensive end or somebody on the offensive line put a sack or put a hit on Aaron Rodgers. And the fact that we didn't do any of that and you didn't play a big role in trying to is concerning to me. So I thought a guy like him should have showed up in a game like this here and he was not existent to my, from my standpoint. Now, the pass rush has been non-existent. I mean, we, we, we're the worst of the league in sacks. You got to think about a season ago, shit, we were sacking the quarterback. Man, crazy. But that's what happens when you let go of a Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, when you let go of a Hakeem Hicks, right? You, we took some major hits. Right. So that's to be expected. But, A-Dub, I got no problem with that because we expected Muhammad to come in here and give us a little something, and we're not getting a lot from him. And that's disappointing, bro. I mean, he has to do better than this. I hope he have a good showing these next few games. But I was just so disappointed in watching how he played against the Packers. It wasn't good. All right, audience, I'm giving mine to Cairo Santos. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really just for this one game. I just got to say, man, he's had a couple of rough outings this season. Yeah. And those rough outings have cost us. And it was true again. Uh, and it was true again against the Packers. They done. Like I said, very close game. Miss an extra point. Having your field goal blocked. And that's fourth points right there that you left on the field. Hey, game changer type stuff. Kyra Santos, my underperformer for week 13. That was tough. I'm with Perez.
That's a tough one right there. Yeah, man, but you know what they dub? I mean, you were the one that predicted that the Packers would win. I mean, listen, you got one on me and Michael. That's for sure. Yeah, but still, I'm not too happy about getting the one on you guys. The Packers. <laughs> <laughs> I rather took the L, bro. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, Michael reminded me. He's like, hey, dude, got one. I'm like, yeah, he do. He do. He do. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he needs to I'm like, but so do you, Michael. Right. <laughs> hey, Michael, <laughs> gotta catch up, man. You know, press the head, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Y'all don't want me to win this. Listen, they don't want me to win this audience. We got what? Four more games left? Oh, they don't want that. No, nah, man. Michael, you, you understand right now. Listen to me. You don't want to see Prez win. <laughs> no, y'all will just not stop hearing about it. The audience will be like, Prez, you still, this season seven of y'all show, and you still talking about B-Day Double Michael in, in year two. So, so, what What about it? Right. <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> right. You don't want to see Petty Prez, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Listen, ain't double tried to warn y'all in the past about me. Hey, listen, the people in the DMs, they don't learn. They don't learn. <laughs> When that, when, that shit, when that shit gets forwarded over to me out of the DMs, I'm like, wait, what they say? Oh, send me that. Right. <laughs> send me that. <laughs> hey, friends, live for those moments. Yes, I do. Folks, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got our bye week coming up here, and it comes at a really good time. A-Dub, I don't know about you, but bro, man, all the travel that we've been doing on our media side of things and still trying to get these shows out to you guys, it's been a bit of a, whew, it's been a bit tough for this season, but audience, we don't want to cheat y'all on the content. Now, we know that our recap episode got out there a little late last week. It just goes to show you that, man, me and A-Dub, we doing a lot out here in these streets. It gives us a week to get our coverage in on the media side. We'll have a preview pod for you guys earlier in the week next week. We promise. Right. <laughs> but this bye week, it came at a good time. I'll tell you that much. Oh, it sure in the hell did, Perez. I'm thankful for that. Even though... The NFL, y'all bogus for giving the Bears a bye week in December, but A-Dub and I personally will take it. But I right. thought a, a bye week for the football team in, in December, that's kind of criminal. It's like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, they keep the Bears in the ass for that one, bro. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, come man. on, man. This is a team with a new coaching staff, and you get them a bye week at the end of the damn season, damn near. It's like, what's the point? Right. <laughs> You know, you you do something like that with a young team like this in October. You know what I'm saying? Let them make some adjustments. Right. They, they didn't do the Bears no favors with them. Anyway, with this loss to the Packers, obviously everybody knows we were eliminated from playoff contention. But in my mind, that was never really – that was never really a true option for us this season. I'm happy with the things that I've been able to see from Justin. I'm happy with some of the glimpses that we've seen with Tevin Jenkins and some of the young guys on this team. And that's really what I'm looking forward to down the stretch, A-Dub, is just seeing what happens with us these last four games of the season. And that's what's about right there, Perez, how we perform, giving other guys on this, on this team an opportunity and see how they perform as well. And the Bears will know what they're dealing with at the end of the season. And we saw earlier in the season what a little time off gave this coaching staff time to do with this team, right? When, when, when Iberflus said, hey, he's going to have all his coaches all, he was going to have all his position coaches sit down with the team, go over film. You know, they yeah. were going to sit there and go over a lot of things. And they looked really good when they came out of that little mini bye week. So now they're on an official bye week. It's no telling what they're going to be able to put together. So we know that this coaching staff have nothing else. 
They're going to put it into work, and they're going to make sure that these guys are prepared and ready. And that's what it's about right there, Fred. Yeah, man, I just hope Luke Getsy uses this time to turn things around with his play calling, man, and some of that decision-making. <laughs> Brother, his decision-making at times, I'm like, bro, what you doing? What you seeing out there, Luke? What are you seeing? Luke, I miss calling you cool here, Luke, so get back I to know. it, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I get it, friends. <laughs> but no, man, I'm just messing with you. I hope the coaching staff takes time, gets things revamped, fine-tuned, and we see what we got down the stretch, man. I'm really excited for the future of this team. The future, I think, is going to be really bright. I feel like the last four games of the season they dubbed, it's going to be really good from a development standpoint, and that's what we want. We want to go into this offseason knowing what we have potential with this team. Yes, sir, and that is the goal right there. All right, audience, A-Dub and I, man, we about to enjoy this bye week. We're going to holler at y'all next week when we do our preview for this Eagles matchup. Jalen Hurts versus Justin Fields at Soldier Field, A-Dub. That's a showdown, boy. Ooh-wee. I can't wait for that, Perez. God damn, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> man, got My a good God. one. Man, I can't wait. Woo. Can't wait. Soldier Field, boy, y'all get ready. Y'all get ready. I'm ready to turn up for that one. Ready to turn up for them. I'm turning up right along with you. Yes, sir. The audience, listen, we appreciate you guys and your continued support and for riding with us and for helping make us the top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. I know we always say that, but we truly mean that from the bottom of our hearts. Hey, this show means a lot to us, but it means a lot to us because of you guys. Man, when you guys are hitting us up like, hey, you guys good? We, we didn't get the show. I'm like, man, these guys really... Love what we got to say. And it really makes us realize, like, hey, we got to play it better on our media side we, so we can make sure that these episodes come out in a timelier fashion. And that's why this bye week is going to be really critical for us. But, audience, just know we appreciate you guys for listening and for hanging in there with us. And trust me, we love doing this show. We do it for y'all. Exactly what Brad said. Everything. <laughs> All that. That part. On to the Philadelphia Eagles. Enjoy y'all bye week. We are out.